me that don't believe in science Written on your forehead, always be denying You're the dummy that don't believe in science Written on your forehead, always be denying Hey, hey, hey Hello, everybody. Welcome to our episode. I don't know what number it is anymore. Yeah. I used to keep track. Really great track of what number it is. Beginning of September. Yes. So this episode will be is being pre-recorded for our September release. Yeah. And we're super excited to have Sean with us today. And we're gonna do an interview with him. Yeah, from Boomerang. Um, And I think we'll just uh, open the floor to you to kind of introduce yourself real quick, and then we'll just get into questions. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. I am Sean Zakin from Boomerang Water. Uh, I run marketing for the company. Basically, we are the world's first small batch bottling system. It's a solution for larger businesses, organizations, basically to replace their single their single-use plastic water bottle waste on site. So essentially what that means is go to a large organization, a hotel, a corporate campus, a manufacturing plant, colleges and universities, coal mine, military bases, basically anyone who's using a lot of single-use plastic water bottles, we basically cut out the distribution channel. Now, that sounds complicated. It's actually really not. What you may not realize is that for a water bottle full to get to you, the end user, the consumer, it's typically bottled hundreds, if not thousands of miles away from you, right? So it gets bottled where the water is. Then it gets transported typically to a centralized location or many centralized locations, warehousing, for example. Oftentimes, those bottles of water are sitting in unpleasant conditions. If it's warm, especially, we now know that um, microplastics and toxins can leak, leach from the physical bottle into the water. So making it... Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Not at all. Before I even started, you know, learning about eco-friendliness of not using water bottles, that was one of the things growing up that I always kind of thought about with those water bottles is just that concept of the plastics kind of leaching into the waters. Kind of, it gross. is. It's it's upsetting. In fact, they say now that we all as humans consume about a credit card worth of plastic every week. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's so much. That's a lot of plastic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So essentially, you know, long story, not so short, we, um, these bottles go to these distribution centers, then they get put on trucks or ships and they, you know, are transported to other facilities, uh, be it a, you know, even if it's an end supermarket or a gas station or a bodega. Um, you may not realize, actually, this was news to me as I came on and really threw myself into the, the deep end, is that water bottles actually have an expiration date printed on them. Interesting. Typically, it's about two years af- from the fill date. Mm-hmm. 
what's really terrific about Boomerang Water is that we are bottling on site and you're distributing and consuming and then collecting and refilling all on site. Mm. So it's rare for a bottle of Boomerang Water to be more than like a week old. Uh, It would be extremely rare to get uh, a bottle that's 30 days old. So so we like really to fresh. it is we like to say we are the freshest healthiest most sustainable bottle of water that you can find that's awesome yeah yeah i um i it's interesting that you say that you guys are focused mainly on like companies and stuff that makes a lot of sense just you know like you're saying hotels and um you know, just companies that have those usually have plastic water bottles for people to come and grab. It makes sense for them to have something more sustainable like that in in a company. I'm wondering, do you guys do like for households as, at all? We're based in Davidson, North Carolina. So right. in Davidson and for the surrounding community, Mooresville, Huntersville, um, parts of Charlotte, we offer an at-home and small business delivery and pickup. So Mm -hmm. that's been really nice and successful. We're actually working with the town of Davidson on what we're calling the sustainability challenge, the Davidson sustainability challenge. We are looking to eliminate 1 million single use plastic water bottles from the community this year. And that's been really rewarding. The town's been terrific. So we also, I, I failed to mention, we work with municipalities as well. In fact, we are in early talks with a few other communities to do the same thing. It's basically, we go into a controlled environment. So anywhere that you can potentially get a bottle back, not sure I'm, I'm describing this as clearly as I should. Essentially, what we do is we take a system. We de- it's essentially the size of a commercial ice maker. You know, like if you're at at a hotel and you go down the hallway to grab some ice. No. Right. Kind of like that. In fact, it looks like that as well. And instead, when you open the chamber, it actually has a, six ports for bottles. I know, unfortunately, we're only recording with audio, but <laughs> these are our glass bottles. We have glass yeah. and or aluminum bottles. Yeah. And essentially... We'll, we'll post pictures on our on our. Uh, oh, okay, great. Media. Yeah. So the system takes up to six bottles at a time and every 15 to 20 seconds, basically power washes, sanitizes, fills with ultra purified water, and then caps these beautiful bottles of single use water. Mm -hmm. They go out for distribution. And then, like I said, we work with controlled environments where you want to get that bottle back. That's critical. So they collect the bottle back, we recover it, it goes back into the system, and you literally rinse and repeat indefinitely. So it's convenient enough for people on the go, it's single use, but it's infinitely reusable. So that's what makes us more sustainable than everyone else. Truly, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of talk. But basically, when you look at say Fiji water, for example, I was surprised to learn this when I came on board. Fiji water still is bottled in the South Pacific. Okay. So any bottle of water, any Fiji bottle of water that you 
have or see out in, you know, your community mm-hmm. came thousands and thousands of miles away. Mm-hmm. Right. So essentially what we say is it doesn't make sense to be consuming water that has traveled such a distance, not to mention it's really, really harmful for the environment. Right. Yeah. All the transportation, everything mm-hmm. that just goes into it for sure. Okay. I've got another little visual for you. So a typical plastic bottle, if you fill it about a third of the way with diesel fuel, that's how much it's estimated that single bottle took to get to you. Wow. That definitely puts things into perspective for sure. It's wild. Yeah. So, and so every, for if you have like a truck full of those single-use water bottles, every single one of them is filled that third of the way full. Correct. That's not even, at that point, you're not even getting mostly water when you're purchasing that. Right. That's yeah. that's kind of terrifying. And not to confuse you, but it actually takes a lot more water to make a bottle of water uh-huh. than what is in the bottle. <laughs> I've heard that, yeah, with just being able to make the plastic to hold the water in it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and what kind of blows my mind is that, you know, I'm sure you've heard the stat that less than 10% of all plastic bottled water, those bottles actually get recycled. Mm-hmm. So 91% of the plastic is not getting recycled. Yep. So essentially, and that, that kind of blew my mind too, is that you think you're being a good Samaritan if you're drinking a, a bottle of plastic water you throw it in the recycle bin and you kind of wash your hands of it and say, you know, I've done my part. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that even if it winds up in a recycling bin, it's very, very unlikely that it's going to get recycled. Yeah. Do you know why that is? The infrastructure just isn't there. Yeah. Uh, At least for North America, up until very recently, the last few years, we used to send all of our plastic waste overseas to be dealt with someone else's problem. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, it was a really smart model for a while that basically from Asia, a lot of these ships were coming full, you know, with their exports coming to America, unloading all of their wares and then going back empty. And the governments got smart and said, huh, well, if, if these ships are going back empty, why not fill them with something that we can make money on? And mm-hmm. so the American government, you know, got wise, put all of our, a lot of our plastic waste on these ships to return kind of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. More recently in 2018, that's not happening anymore. So we just have an abundance of waste. As you yeah. know, I mean, the right. idea of single use at all is there's a convenience factor right? Mm-hmm. I'm on the go. I don't need to take a, a bottle with me. I'll buy one there. And it's so mm-hmm. inexpensive. So why not just grab one? I'm guilty of, you know, stopping at a gas station, you go grab a bottle of water because mm-hmm. you don't we have where to fill up your water bottle. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like you said, it's convenience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, unfortunately, uh, there's not a great alternative you know yet for that kind of stuff you know your company is doing a great job with hotels like I like 
like I said, like I've traveled to so many hotels and they always give you like a couple water bottles to um, kind of welcome you. Um, and they're always plastic water bottles. Exactly. And, you know, so that's a great step in the right direction for sure. Absolutely. Thanks for saying that. I like to say that we're convenient. So it needs to be as simple and easy to use as you know, single use plastic, mm -hmm. but just better for the environment. Yeah. That, that to me is critical is that most people, studies now suggest that only about one third of the people who are carrying around um, reusable, refillable bottles of their own from home, only about a third of them feel comfortable actually filling up on the go. Yeah. So it's better than single use, right? but mm -hmm. you might fill up a bottle with whatever water you feel comfortable with at home. But studies right. suggest as soon as you leave the house, either you don't trust the water source from a refilling station and, or you feel embarrassed about asking someone for water. Yeah. I've so, definitely done that. I have, I've got my water bottle that I always carry around with me, but I've definitely had it in my car, just empty, you know, and sure. uh, not, gone in and asked to have it refilled i roll with this giant, oh, yeah. <laughs> this giant bottle it's it's not just for uh convenience so i don't have to ask people i'm, I'm <laughs> doing uh nutrition plans and working on drinking a gallon of water a day but it does make it easy to not yeah. to go and ask people for water <laughs> you just carry you. a beast around with you <laughs> Just note, if, if it is plastic or plastic coated, try to keep it out of the sun and don't let it bake because as soon as that thing heats up, unfortunately, you're potentially compromising the water. Absolutely. Yeah. I try my best to keep it and to not leave it in the car because I'm, I'm usually carrying it around with me anyways, <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a great, it's a great concept. It's a great idea, but it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still plastic. Yeah. Exactly. So, yep. Well, you, you both sound like you're doing your part and certainly sharing the message helps quite a bit as well. We're doing our best, yeah, for <laughs> sure. So in my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong, what I'm envisioning is kind of a little bit like the um, like old milkman type thing where you know you get your waters dropped off and you consume your water and then you just put it back out to get refilled again and washed again. Is that kind of... That is exactly the at-home kind of direct-to-consumer model that we're still exploring. It's been, you know, successful in Davidson. Ultimately, perhaps maybe down the line, we'll explore a franchise model that would allow entrepreneurs to do that, to basically work their own system in their own territory and flood the community with, with that offering. For the time being, really, our our main objective is to try to target larger organizations who can make radical sweeping change. Oh yeah. You know, um, currently now with this, this administration, sustainability seems to be on everyone's mind these days. Um, are you familiar with, with ESG plans and policies? Has that come up on the pod yet? Not yet, no. Yeah. no. Not there yet. <laughs> All right, well, I'll- uh, Bring it on. <laughs> I'll bring it on. <laughs> Um, ESG plans, the letters stand for the E is environment, uh, the S is social, and the G is governance, okay? So essentially, it's almost like um, you talk about traditional 
academic intelligence and then you add in emotional intelligence to acknowledge, oh, wow, there's not just one. It's not just a test score that might grade someone's smarts. Instead, there might be colors and shades to kind of influence and basically paint a bigger picture. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Same thing now goes for the success of companies nationally and internationally around the world. Basically, we've started looking at and investors have become increasingly more interested in looking at not just a company's bottom line, not just are they financially sound, successful or not, are they making money or losing money? Mm -hmm. They're also now looking at what is their carbon footprint? What are they doing for the environment? Are they, are they socially responsible? Okay, so that's the environmental side of things. Social is how they are communicating both internally within the organization and externally with the community. And then governance, how are they ruling? Is this a majority rule? Is this a hierarchy, top-down you know, dictatorship? All of these issues are now being actually measured and oftentimes shared. There is a big push for larger organizations to start sharing what they're doing about the environment, how they're ruling and how they're sharing information and communicating internally and externally. So it's a really great thing to feature to highlight. And when companies are doing the right thing and doing well, they are happy to share those initiatives. Of course. So, you know, it's, this is coming down from the federal government and state governments, but it's also now becoming increasingly more important from the consumer end as well. Right. So these organizations are getting it from both sides, which I think is, is really promoting great change on, a, like I said, on a corporate level, because when not just a hotel, but a, an international organization says they're going to do something it makes it a whole lot easier for the consumer to be more sustainable, for example. And it's kind of a a peer pressure snowball of like, you know, well, this company's doing this, so maybe we should follow in their footsteps because the consumers are liking it, the government's giving them points for it, all that. It's all about that supply and demand. We we definitely go where the money is, go where the demand is, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So in each of these silos, if you will, we're seeing, you know, great support. The consumer wants, we want to be better, right? Mm -hmm. I think you both can agree. Certainly your, your viewership, your fans would agree. This is very much on trend. We want to do more, but by the way, studies also suggest we, I'm saying the, you know, proverbial we, we also don't want to work that hard for it. Yeah. Right. We talk about that all the time on this podcast of it's like you said, with convenience, you know, exactly the desire is there. But if, you know, in a pinch, we need to grab that plastic water bottle, that's what we're going to do, you know, if it's available for us. And you know what, we might feel guilty about it for a couple seconds Mm -hmm. and it's, it's fleeting, right? So That's what I'm so excited about with Boomerang is that we're working towards making it that much easier to change and to adopt, you know, the, the real benefit for me is that we're not really trying to change user behavior. 
right? The consumer, we know what we want. We know what working too hard is. And most of us aren't getting on a plane or aren't getting up to volunteer every day of the week, even though we would love to in the perfect universe, you know, give back as much as we could. There aren't enough hours in the day. We don't have enough money for it. We don't, there are a thousand reasons as we all know, unfortunately, that we can explain away and push away what, what perhaps, you know, we might want to be living or spending differently. But the truth is, if it can be easy, if the change is easy enough, it's a no-brainer. It's a why not? Why wouldn't I? Yeah, absolutely. You know, no one wakes up in the morning and goes, what am I going to do to hurt the environment today? Yeah. No, no one says that. I mean, I guess that, that's a very broad generalization to say. Hopefully absolutely. Not. <laughs> maybe, maybe somebody <laughs> does. <laughs> maybe like less than... 5%, less than 0.5% of people say that, Hopefully. I hope, but that's the general consensus. Nobody's waking up in the morning and first thing saying, how am I going to tear the earth down today? But it's just not convenient. So yeah. How do it we... just happens, you know, you get a straw with your takeout, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at, at that point, I mean, what do you do? You can hold on to the straw to use for later at that, or you can use it now at that point, it's already in your hand. Yeah. throwing it away unused is the same as throwing it away used and so how do we kind of shift that mentality and shift what's being put into the consumer's hand yeah that kind of the trick you know what's interesting is that you know i'm a, a data head totally geek out on basically pop culture and how we influence with marketing and all of that that's kind of my background yeah you can google it wasn't too long ago when marketers needed to convince the general public to actually use single use rather than reuse what they have. In other words, after World War II, we were all, again, I say we like we were there. Uh-huh. I'm <laughs> not that old. <laughs> no, not, not me. That was close. <laughs> um, our parents and or grandparents were very tight about how they spent their hard-earned money, right? You bought quality, you bought it once, and you used it and enjoyed it because of that you were using your hard-earned cash to get that, okay? As after World War II, you know, some of the big beverage big bad beverage folks um, and a whole lot, lot of other takeout kind of industries emerged saying, literally encouraging people, hey, it's so easy. You don't have to take your plates with you. You don't have to take your glasses or your, your you know, glass water bottles or milk jugs with you. Just pick up plastic. Yeah. It's that cheap. So yeah. why not just lean into the convenience. And unfortunately, it worked. And there was a ton of money, as you can imagine, being thrown, you know, behind these initiatives. And suddenly, I mean, as you can imagine, water is terribly inexpensive. The thing that is expensive that you're paying for is the transportation. Right. And even then, thankfully, for most of us, that's a quote unquote luxury that we all can enjoy even at the at the airport when it's three times five times what you're used to spending it's still painfully affordable yeah so the the markup as you can imagine is extraordinary Mm -hmm. oh yeah the other thing that I didn't really think about until kind of getting here is that 
let's say even in a perfect world, these bottles that you put in a recycling bin, the plastic bottles actually do get recycled. It's a tremendous amount of waste that, and, and energy that is required to do that, to right. get from your recycle bin to, you know, picked up by a truck to then go to a center where those contents are being sorted first. And then even if that's happening on site, perhaps it's being melted down, perhaps then what is the production or reproduction that it turns into a new thing. And then obviously there's an overly simplistic view of it, but then that thing gets transported out to the community where you might actually purchase that thing again. So Mm -hmm. best case scenario, even a recycled plastic bottle of water has gone through a tremendous effort and obviously, a, you know, to the detriment of our environment to get there. Yeah. Recycling is still problematic. Even if it's successful, it's problematic. That Absolutely. unfortunately was put into place because we want to feel better about the single use and want it to, you know, to have another life. It is better than throwing it out and winding up in a landfill or, or a waterway. Totally. But ultimately, reuse is key. And that's what we keep trying to kind of share with the world is, yes, you should recycle what you can, but hopefully before then you're reusing an awful lot. Yeah. It's like the whole like bad, better, best type thing of, you know, it's single use is bad. Recycling is better, but it's even better to just have something that you can reuse again and again. Mm -hmm. And really, I mean, how often do we see things that are, made out of recycled plastic it's for the quantity of plastic that we're consuming are we seeing i mean i i i don't want to say we don't we don't see it at all because i'm sure there's there's some little store out in the middle of nowhere that says we have them but i as far as i'm aware i haven't seen at the grocery stores that i've gone to i haven't seen water bottles that are made out of recycled plastic or even any kind of percentage of recycled plastic so where is that's another question that gets raised. Where exactly is it going if we're not seeing it being put back into this industry that is so forcefully pumping it in? Yeah. Well, it's like you said, most of it just doesn't even actually get recycled. Exactly. It doesn't like his explanation was super simplified uh-huh. for, to understand and stuff. But it's like you said that a lot of it just doesn't even jump into that. Process. Not even getting there. Yeah. You know, I will... I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I read something recently and I think it's with, so we're, we're in Utah um, and I was reading up on some recycling procedures in Utah and I'm not sure if this is the same across the board, but if your caps are still on your bottles, they won't recycle them. So even though it goes into your bin and you still, it may, it might be clean it might be uncontaminated, but if that cap is still on that bottle, boom, you're out. And that's such a tiny little Thing that's it's, it's minuscule to unscrew a cap off, but no one, I would, nobody knows about that. Yeah, very few people know about that if they do. You know, the other interesting thing is, you walk down a super supermarket aisle these days. There's no shortage of even sustainable bottled water brands. Mm-hmm. You'll see aluminum. You'll see um repurposed plastic you'll see cans you'll see bottles you'll see even boxes, you know boxes and yeah cardboard as well everyone wants 
to be better, right? We want a lot of these companies, God bless them, are are trying to bring you know sustainability to the forefront and to make things more eco-conscious and eco-friendly. The problem though is as you if you dig a little deeper, obviously as I am, it's my life currently, is paying close attention to even the cap or the mechanism there, there may be an outsert. A lot of these, even aluminum bottled companies have a plastic outsert that, you know, requires the, or, or marries the cap to the bottle. Mm -hmm. We've been working around the clock with our partners. We've got aluminum partners and glass partners. Obviously they're not the same for glass manufacturers. It's Owens, Illinois, a great amazing partner they've been fully supportive as you can see from our bottle the top the the glass thread is actually the thread is embedded in the top of the the glass so it doesn't require any plastic we went through a much tougher time dealing with that with our aluminum partners who are the ball corporation which is you know an amazing amazing team that we're working with the aerosol division that they had never done anything with the threading embedded in the aluminum. I know I'm getting a little bit too technical here, no, that's but okay. oftentimes a lot of our competitors, you'll see you pick up even a sustainable, beautiful aluminum bottle of water with some of these really popular, you know, some of our competitors, and yet they have a plastic outsert and a plastic cap on top. Yeah. That's not sustainable. And then, and then I, you know, you go on their websites or you can, you know, see some of their marketing. Plenty of them have way more money than we do to, to share their message. Everyone's mission mission is the same. We all care about dolphins. We all care about sea turtles. We all care about the whales. You know, we want our beaches to be beautiful. We all want a utopian, you know, world. However, if these bottles are being sold at your local gas station, your bodega, your supermarket, if they're being sold at hotels and hospitals and in vending machines, the distribution channel is the same. They're bottling somewhere, they're shipping somewhere, they're trucking there, and then they're delivering in the shortest. That's the most direct path. And I promise you, oftentimes, there are many different extra stops along the way. But it's it's kind of crazy to, to think everyone is saying, yes, we care about the environment and we want to give back, but even the most sustainable packaged water that's being sold direct to consumer, if it's not being bottled on site and not being distributed on site, they're not as sustainable as what we're offering. And that's what I love sharing is that the whole center is where our system is. We go to you any business, our system comes, we ultra purify and bottle right there. You drink it right on site. We collect it right on site. It goes back into the system right on site and distribute it again and again and again. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense. It, but like some of the big beverage guys who have been in to see some of our technology, like their heads pop off thinking we could never, who, who would have been dumb enough to try something like this, right? Yeah. The whole, the whole distribution chain is how the Cokes and Pepsis of the world 
are organized. That's the only way it, it only makes sense to centralize your manufacturing in one location or in their case, many singular locations and then distribute. That's a more economical way to do it. And that's how they did it for years. We, you know, our, our CEO was brilliant and perhaps, you know, I was criticized for being foolish enough at one point to say, why don't we all, we can do this anywhere. Why don't we just make the company, make the campus the, the hub? Let's turn them into a bottling facility. Yeah. Small batch bottling system. That's, that's kind of how that idea was born. Yeah. And it's totally just, you know, it's like you were saying, the, the soda companies, they've been doing this the same way for years. And it's kind of that, you know, system box mentality of like, well, this is the way we've always done it. So this is how we have to do it. There's like, how could you do it any other way? But as soon as you start to flip, flip things around a little bit and get creative and think a little bit differently about things, that's when, you know, you're able to find solutions like you guys have found. And I think that's a good lesson in just in general, like in, in the world of being sustainable is sometimes you just have to look about, look at things a little bit differently than the way that we were maybe raised to look at things, you know? Well said. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to my partners, Jason Dibble and Jared Friend. Jason is a vet. He did four tours in Iraq and Afghanistan and way back when was overseas watching the government ship bottles of water in from elsewhere and was watching, you know, you can use the local water source to bathe in for cooking, but when it comes to drinking water, you should drink these bottles instead. Mm -hmm. And then the plastic waste was being buried or, you know, thrown into these burn pits. And he came back to America and said, saw the exact same thing happening here and was like, what are we doing? This doesn't make sense. There's got to be a better way. And yeah, you're, you're right. It's, you do need to think a little differently. You need to perhaps not take everything as is and just kind of maybe take an extra beat even before you leave in the morning. It's just like, hmm, if I take an extra beat to think, well, if I just prepare this ahead of time, it could save me. It also could save you money, by the way. Yeah. But it's, it's certainly... Uh, a way to be healthier and more sustainable with your life and be more thoughtful ar- about how things are. Yeah. It's like, it's like packing lunch. If you, if you're a lunch packer, I mean, that's, it saves you money. It's healthier. Take another extra step, pack a water bottle, pack something that's going to get you through the day. Yeah. yeah. It's not always easy, but again, I, we're working on the corporate end to try to make it easier for consumers and end users like us, but yeah, we all can do our part. And I find it's terribly overwhelming, you know, to wake up in the morning and know how bad things have gotten. It feels like doomsday. And I, I, I always like to kind of put the smile and the kind of infuse a little bit of sunshine into this because I don't want to like doomed you throw your hands up in the air and you say i can't do anything so why bother and it's not my problem and perhaps maybe you know i'll be gone by the time we really you know it feels too painful but the truth is every little bit helps just every one of us if we can just care a little bit more take 
an extra moment in the morning, you really can make a big difference and then leave it to some of these bigger organizations to take, you know, the lion's share of that commitment as they should. But financially, certainly that burden shouldn't be passed along to the end user. This needs to be, you know, as economical of a solution as the less eco-friendly alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some of your goals currently? I know you said you're you're solely in North Carolina. Is that correct? For direct-to-consumer, we are. We're at a, ho- a very high-end hotel in California. Okay, cool. We're in now advanced talks with uh, an amazing, enormous um, hospitality group that we would first incubate perhaps in a few territories, prove our concept, and then ideally roll out throughout all of North America and then the world. So that would be amazing. Um, But just to kind of show you the bookends of where, what the potential is, is that we're working with literally like the highest end luxury hotels, but then also we have now just deployed in a coal mine. With, you know, which is a a much more obviously, you know, everyday people, blue collar working environment. Mm -hmm. One is glass, one is aluminum, and we are, you know, and everything in between. So colleges and universities are now, we're we're working with Davidson College, trying to explore ways to perhaps make, you know, the the college experience more sustainably focused Mm -hmm. by eliminating their single use plastic water bottles. Um, and everything in between. So we're working, talking now to a very large international um, auto manufacturer as well to deploy in every one of their manufacturing plants across North America. So we've got big, big change and lots of exciting developments on the horizon. No one I really want to kind of name check quite yet. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah, we understand. <laughs> But it's all very positive. And all I can say is that I'm only encouraged by the conversations that I'm participating in now and seeing around the country, especially that these these larger organizations know that things need to change. And they know especially that plastic is the big bad guy. And the more we can do to kind of share that message and clean things up at these organizations, I think, you know, the better. Yeah. well congratulations and good luck I wish the best for you that sounds it does sound very encouraging and I mean we're kind of we're a world of trends we love trends and I hope that environmentalism isn't a trend but it's also kind of exciting that it is starting to catch fire and become a little bit more of a trend I hope that it sticks around a little bit longer than many trends do but at the same time it's still super exciting to see that you could go to a grocery obviously there's things to work on a little bit to kind of curb okay great we've got bamboo toothbrushes that are still wrapped in plastic so we're kind of we're getting there we're we're missing the mark just a little bit but we're getting there but to go to the grocery stores and see items that haven't been there in the last year even that are now starting to pop up and become a little bit more accessible to people so that's very exciting that you guys are starting to spread and catch fire a little bit in bigger industries and I hope to see you all make your way this way and and to begin using that that's so cool 
<laughs> Thank you. That's definitely the plan. It's been an exciting journey thus far and, you know, onward and upward. I, I would encourage your listeners, especially just to keep doing their part as well. The more you ask for it, the more that you care, the more others will have to take notice and the, you know, from the top down and the bottom up and we'll meet in the middle in a, in a cleaner, safer place. So absolutely. Uh, for, for regular updates for any of your listeners, if you want to follow us on Instagram, especially at get boomerang, um, I would encourage you to do so. We've got lots of, you know, sustainably focused tips and tricks and all that good stuff like you guys share as well. Uh, but also yeah, obviously to, thank you to follow our development as well. Yeah. Um, we'd love you to come along for the ride. Absolutely. So where can we find you? Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, I actually think I was, uh, I, I'm not sure I gave you the right site. It's <laughs> no, get- that's all right. Wrong <laughs> <computer>. <laughs> on Instagram, we're at get boomerang water and online we're boomerangwater.com and yeah check us out and follow along and cheer us on and support us any way you can absolutely great well did is there anything that we didn't touch on that you uh wanted to share I know we've kind of gone all over the place (laughs) but is there anything that we missed for for this I don't think so I think you got it and you know my rambling way of explaining <laughs> who we are and what we're about. It's, <laughs> I, I recognize it can be a little bit confusing and yeah. it's a mouthful at times, but. That's okay. We're, you know, we're a year we into ramble. this and we're still, <laughs> we're still all over the place. So hopefully our listeners are used to it by now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank yeah, you. Thank you again mm-hmm. for being on here. It was great to chat with you. Um, and for our listeners, um, we'll be posting just a little teaser on, uh, well, I guess it'll have already come out, but if you missed it somehow, go to our Instagram page, it's G underscore four podcast. Um, and you can see our guest today, a pic- we'll have a picture of him and a picture of, uh, maybe some stuff about the company on our Instagram and, uh, then we'll link his Instagram is or the company's Instagram as well so that you guys can go find Boomerang Water. As always, you can check out our website, goodgirlsgogreenpodcast.com. Um, email us, goodgirlsgogreenpodcast at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or if you would like to be a guest as well on our podcast. And our Patreon is Good Girls Go Green. You can either find it in our bio, um, on our Instagram or our website, or just go to patreon.com and look us up. So we appreciate your guys' support and uh, have a great week, guys. And thank you for Sean. Yes. um, To Sean for joining us. This has been a fabulous interview. Yeah, it's been great, Sean. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're the dummy that don't believe in science. Written on your forehead, always be denying. You're the dummy that don't believe in science Written on your forehead, always be denying Hey, hey